Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. canceled several campaign events this weekend in order to rest his voice. Apparently, he got nervous when doctors told him his voice was down to 1%. I get it. Uh, can I hear the spade joke just because I'm interested in how he handles this topic matter? After that, no. eventually we'll get to woman suffering from PTSD fights to keep emotional support monkeys. Okay. Poor New uh, SNL cast member Shane Gillis was fired for using anti-Asian slurs. Did you hear about this in a statement? He said to the press, he said, uh, me sorry, long time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now, geez. shouldn't he be fired for that? No, because that was a joke. I have yet no, to see. He should be fired. I have yet to see anything that Shane Gillis said that was a joke. That was too edgy or anything like that. It was just a conference. Uh, yeah, uh, we can talk about that more later. It was want, a but. humorous essay. On how a Chinatown gets formed. <laughs> well, whether something's humorous or not, of course, is in the eye of the beholder. Sure. Um, yeah, more on that later. Uh, not not surprising at all. NBC decided, nah, we can't have a, a controversial person on uh, the staff and uh, blah, blah, blah. 
Why, that's a good policy for comedy. More on that later. And coming up in just a little bit, we're going to talk to Tim Carney, who we've had on many times over the years. We're big fans of Tim Carney, and I just came across one of his uh, tweets yesterday in which he was talking about um, the New York Times and, and what they're, the links they're willing to go to and that sort of thing and the whole Kavanaugh thing. I'm, I'm really disturbed by that. The journalism aspect to me is, is, the, is the overarching bigger problem. The Kavanaugh story will go away, and it's, it may have already already be over mm-hmm. but uh the the keepers of the truth that some of these great journalistic institutions are supposed to be they just have completely pantsed themselves but pulled down their pants and show ah, we don't care anymore we just hate trump yeah um i would say that's accurate really something uh this is exciting if you suffer from rbf as a man or a woman i think it's usually applied mm. to women but it can be both it might be RDF if you're a man. <laughs> uh, resting uh, biatch face. Oh, my. Yes. If you're I'm woman familiar or... with the phenomenon. And uh, some of us, when our face is relaxed, look bitchy or angry. Yes. And people, it, 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 it helps form an impression of you sure. and other people. I've regularly had people, my family, workers, whatever, say, everything okay? Are you mad about something? No, this is just me when I'm. This is just my face completely relaxed. So you've got it. Oh, yeah, he's got it. <laughs> but uh, women are flocking to plastic surgeons to fix what they call resting bitch face. Wow. And what do can, they do? They can, uh, well, they do a little work around the chin, and a lot of it has to do with your mouth uh, curving down a little bit, well, into oh. a frown, and they and they turn it up a little bit. Now, this woman here. You don't want to look like the Joker, but a little up is good. She still looks a little angry to me, but on the left, she looks angrier when uh, before she got the operation. But they'll they'll do a little work on you. Yeah, she looks the, more just like attentive in 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 the new one. Yeah, but that one yeah. on the left, that is a woman who's definitely got RBF. Yeah, you saw her walk into the hall. You think, oh, jeez. Yeah, hey, stay with her. Mm. That that really stinks. And I've known people, well, if you've got that, because I've got that, I've known people who have resting happy face, and they're so much more approachable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they yeah. Just, when they're, when they're kind of rest, they have a pleasant look on their face. Right. Or just walk around smiling all the time. Like they're I do about not. to smile. Yeah. Or, or, or are slightly. Yeah. You know who's the king of that? Is, uh, is uh, superstar golfer Phil Mickelson. Who has he watched from hole to hole? It's kind of a vague smile on his face. He's feeling cheery and enjoying the day, and isn't this weather grand and the rest of it? Is and he as feeling a result, cheery? He's a very likable uh, fellow. I don't know if I should apply uh, positive feelings to people who have rusting, cheery face any more than I should apply negative feelings who have RBF. I'm not feeling negative at all. This is just the way my mouth is shaped. Okay. I, okay. If you don't want to talk about it, that's fine. <laughs> Well, whether or not you should infer those feelings from them is a different conversation of that's what people instinctively do. Oh, that well, well no that's doubt. the way we're made, Jack. Yeah. As a man representing the Neanderthal community, I will tell you this. You, you've, you need to listen to your inner caveman. I don't know if I would go so far as to get my face operated on to get my lips turned up a little bit like the Grinch on the corner. Mm, just slightly like the Grinch. It's Grinch-esque. Uh, and and there's a bit of a a lift at the eyes too, isn't there? So yeah. <laughs> so you get the you know feel feel at the corners of your eyes right now and and smile. Mm, they're trying to get that going a little bit. Um, but yeah, okay. how about at the huh? permanent like Joker smile? Just a big a giant idea. like that all the time. That's Why so serious? Thing.
That's your resting face. Yeah, interesting. Well, anyway, so women are flocking to plastic surgeons to get that done. And this story was in the Wall Street Journal yesterday. We don't have time to get into it right now. But did you see that uh, Amazon apparently changed their algorithms a while back to boost their own products? Oh, yeah, I heard about that. And uh, Wall Street Journal uh, uncovered that over the weekend. And then I don't know if you read the whole article, but they really bring out a lot of data that's pretty interesting. Two-thirds of the time, we buy what showed up on the first page of our Amazon search, hmm. regardless. And they're not putting the, the best products on there. I mean, the products with the best uh, you know, customer rating, the most five stars, the cheapest products, any of the, any of the things that you'd be looking for, generally. Ah, yes. If right. you were going to sort them out, they just put the stuff that m- literally makes them the most profit well, they, as Amazon. They've long been seen as a broker. They are no longer an honest broker. Does that factor into the whole, um, uh, you know, do they have a monopoly or all that sort of stuff? Mm, yeah. Do get to do that? Because mm-hmm. I know... You know how I almost went to law school? I almost didn't take those classes. Pepsi. So I, I don't know. Pepsi and Coke do a number of things at grocery stores, financial incentives, to end up with their product on the end cap. Mm-hmm. So that Royal Crown Cola or whatever lesser cola doesn't get to be on the end cap at the grocery store. Mm. Um, is this anything different than that? I don't. I would have Amazon to think about doing, it long and hard. But uh, the only reason I don't, I don't know about that. Caring about that, but it's worth knowing if you ever search on a product, don't go with, uh, don't go with that first page. If you're interested in the best reviews, well, then sort it that way. Right. Or the best prices, sort it that way, or whatever. But whatever they put on the first page is purely what's going to make them the, bo- the most profit. It might be the worst product out there that showed up at the top of the list. In short, trust no one, suspect everyone. <laughs> And stay tuned for the fabulous Tim Carney on Kavanaugh and the coverage of it next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. still contend the biggest story out of this whole Kavanaugh thing is not what he did or didn't do at a college party. It's no. where we are with some of our biggest media in the world. I, you know, Trump likes beating up on the New York Times, and I can certainly understand why. I want the New York Times to be better. I want them to be good. I want them to be a place that the whole world can go to and think you're going to get some serious, solid journalism that's just in pursuit of the truth. And, man, did they do damage to that over the weekend. I would agree completely. The Washington Examiner, on the other hand, still rock steady. And Tim Carney is the commentary editor for the Washington Examiner, also the author of what sounds like a really, really interesting book, Alienated America, Why Some Places Thrive While Others Collapse. That sounds like a a future podcast. Tim, how are you? Uh, Doing well. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. I want to read one of your tweets back at you. The last 48 hours, and you wrote this yesterday, the last 48 hours have had one of the most flagrant failures of elite media, and and then there is nearly zero visible introspection about this. How bad was what the New York Times did from a journalistic standpoint? 
It was dreadful because it was obviously intentional. The two bits of information that they left out would have each taken about eight words to include. Number one, after you say that Brett Kavanaugh has been accused of sexually assaulting a woman, maybe say the woman says she has no memory of it ever happening. That's not a lot of words, and it dramatically changes the story. And then when you are introducing the guy who's making the accusation, and you, uh, you have a little passage where you get to describe who this guy, Max Steyer, is, you maybe say he is a longtime Democratic operative and lawyer for Bill Clinton. Again, that's about 10 words. But no, they said instead... He is a, a executive at a nonprofit. As soon as I saw those words, I actually read this article Saturday night thinking, oh, do they have something at him? And as soon as I saw executive and nonprofit, I said, ah, 10 seconds of Googling will turn up who this guy is. But here's the problem. Regular readers don't have, that, don't have the instincts, the ability. They shouldn't have to do all the extra work to figure out if yeah, I got the time. New York friggin' time. I've got the time to look it up when I'm reading an article, but I just don't feel like I should have to check because and see if what you're... We're suppo- yeah, the journalists are supposed to do the work for the reader, but instead they're leaving every... This is what my in-laws were telling me over the weekend before this story even came out. My problem is I feel like I have to do yep. at least half an hour of research after every article I read to yep. see if well, that's, I'm being light. That's the modern world. We've been talking about that for a long time. You have to do homework if you want to take in news now. From any side, you have to like, okay, I need to cross-verify that, see if anybody else is saying this or if there's stuff left out. It's crazy. Right, and so you end up with an America with two completely different you know, hemispheres of, of experience and, and what they think is knowledge because they just... They read different things in different places and form completely different uh, worldviews. Would it be fair, uh, Tim Carney, to say that the bulk of the article was about an allegation that uh, other people said this Clinton operative had talked about and he was simply there? And, and this is this is roughly third hand or is it fourth Yeah, so there's two different main accusations in the New York Times piece. One of them is the supposed corroboration of the Deborah Ramirez accusation that came out during the uh, confirmation hearings. And the authors say that this was more corroborated than the main accusation of Christine Blasey Ford. And I agree that this one is more corroborated, the Deborah Ramirez one, because in the Christine Blasey Ford, all four people who were supposedly there have said they have no memory of it happening or it didn't happen. In the Deborah Ramirez accusation, after this book is written, all three people who were supposedly there have said it didn't happen and they would remember it happening. So being denied by only three possible witnesses is a little less uh, uncorroborated than being denied by all four. The Deborah Ramirez one, I recommend you go and check out on uh, on our website at The Examiner. Tiana Lowe wrote a piece called The Deborah Ramirez Corroboration That Wasn't, and then um, in a slightly different style, Byron York went ahead and went through all seven people um, supposedly corroborating that. And um, none of them actually heard, none of them even claimed that they heard Kavanaugh's name connected to it. And the one who did uh, heard about it from somebody else who wasn't even there. Oh, boy. And he's now saying that he did it. So that, that was the Ramirez accusation. The Max Steyer accusation is a brand new one. There is one source. He's a Democratic operative, a fact the New York Times hid from us. Um, and there's, there's no other corroboration of the story, and the supposed victim denies that it happened. We're talking with Tim Carney, commentary editor for the Washington Examiner. Again, on the big picture of what this does to the way people look at journalism, we got this text. 
uh, on a conversation we were having yesterday. Hey, guys, listening to yesterday's show, I'm absolutely one of those people who didn't vote for Trump in the last election, and I still really, really, really dislike Trump. But you better believe I'm voting for him the next time around. I'm so sick of the media and the progressive talk and the shaming and the political correctness by the other side. We're making the point that the New York Times and various other news outlets that think they're helping get Trump out of office or damaging him are going to get him reelected. How do they not get that? No, it's it is utterly amazing. The uh, becoming an activist or in our editorial in the Examiner today, we say that um, it was prosecutorial misconduct by the New York Times to run that piece. And we call them prosecutors because that's how they're behaving. They're behaving like lawless prosecutors instead of like sober journalists and that this undermines their ability to do anything. There are people at the New York Times who say what we need to do is show people the facts to convince them of X, Y, and Z. And some of it I agree with. You know, I think I actually think that uh, human activity is contributing to climate change, and the New York Times wants to convince people of that. But you know what? Anytime I've ever said, hey, actually, did you see that story in, at CNN or did you see that story at New York Times? And it's a story I know is true because I've done the work. I've had all my conservative or even center friends say, oh, God, come on. You're going to trust those guys? Yeah, yeah. And I have to say, well, no, you can't, you can't take them on authority. But this one, please, this, this one is true. Just frittering away their ability to inform or convince people of anything. I think most of the journalism the New York Times does is good, but they do not have standards when it comes to things that really, really matter to them, such as defeating Donald Trump or saving Roe v. Wade. If those are on the table, it's any means necessary to accomplish what they want to accomplish. Boy, well said. Tim Carney, commentary editor, the Washington Examiner. Two things, Tim. Number one, we will have uh, links posted at armstrongandgetty.com so folks can uh, find those articles you recommended very easily. Secondly, as I look at the New York Times explainer piece uh, on their website this morning, off to the side they're promoting, it's a new morning for Jennifer Aniston. Do you have anything about Jennifer Aniston in the Examiner today, Tim? <laughs> we will try to catch up to the times on the Jennifer Aniston B. We're not there yet, I'm afraid. Oh, that's disappointing. Tim Carney. Tim, it's always a pleasure. Thanks a million. Thank you. Good to talk. Thanks. Oh, boy. Well, you know what? Although... It's frustrating, it's disturbing to see the super heavyweights of American journalism utterly abandon their principles. I mean, it is disturbing. On the other hand... We're all going to pay a price for that. I know we are. I know we are. On the other hand, there's a self-punishment. We talked about this a bit yesterday, and this is real-life stuff. This is people I know in real life. The number of men and women I know who've said, listen, I think Trump's obnoxious, but I'm voting for him. I'd vote for him twice if I could. Out of resentment over the tactics of the other side. The NYT, uh, CNN, the the activists, the pussyettes, all of it. It is just absolutely, what do you call it? It's it's, it's galvanizing. (laughs) Here I am swinging a blacksmith's hammer to try to remember the word. It is galvanizing (laughs) support for Trump among people who don't particularly like him. That's something. That's an achievement. It's an accidental achievement of astounding effectiveness. I feel like if I worked at CNN or New York Times, I'd want to say to everybody, if I was the boss, we need to be better than we've ever been before. We can, we can, you know, if we're activists, and they are, 
we can bring down this guy with what's actually happening, but we have to get it right every single time. Right, right. Here's your metaphor. You got the Trump uniform on the table. Then the New York Times and CNN have the anti-Trump uniform. And they're saying, you got to pick one of these uniforms. Right. Pick this one. And they shove it in your face. Pick this one. And if you this don't, is that one. And if you don't, you're a racist. Right. And if you don't, exactly. And, and after all, you think, you know what? F you, I am picking a uniform. Get that thing out of my face. That's exactly That's what's, what's happening. happening. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, waiting on U.S. response to the attack on the Saudi oil facility, former Trump campaign manager Corey Lewandowski is about to be grilled by Congress. Corey, my, my our man. man. Our man, Corey. Armstrong and Getty. We have a celebrity death. Let's get the news with Marsha Phillips. Yes, ABC News reporting that longtime reporter Cokie Roberts has passed away. She was uh, 75. She'd been treated some years ago for breast cancer, but had been, it looked like uh, it was in remission. Uh, and over the uh, summer, she was saying uh, she was having more health issues. So wow, I heard her on NPR just like last week. Yeah. 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 I really liked her feature she did on NPR, um, where she would dig into the history of various things about once a week. Yeah, she was a flame and lefty, but super smart. And, you know, it was good. Yep. Uh, the only one of the recent uh, trio of celebs we've actually talked to, unless, did you talk to Eddie Money when I was out someday? Or I feel like, like I've met Eddie Money you way back when I was a music radio disc jockey. Yeah, yeah. So, when you were traveling to paradise, you had a couple tickets. <laughs> right. 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 Um, you gave them to Eddie. He wrote so, a song. <laughs> Cokie Roberts met several times, interviewed a couple of times. Eddie Money died. What's the other celebrity that died? Betty White died R- over the Rick weekend. Kasich. Oh, Kasich. Oh, yeah. 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 Um. Right. But I don't. I don't think she fits. Doesn't it have to be like a singer, a, a rock and roll singer? Who goes? The rules for celebrity deaths going in threes. Yes. I'm not exactly sure a what the rules are. Journalist does not fit. I'm not sure what the rules are. Good gosh. Seventy-five is not that old. No. No. Yeah. Not at all. Anyway, in other news, we've got Iran's Supreme Leader Ayatollah Ali Khomeini saying there will be no talks with the U.S. at any level, remarks apparently meant, and all speculation about a U.S.-Iran meeting at the U.N. later on this month. It's an interesting posture by old Weird Beard there. Mm-hmm. Okay, going to be the tough guy, huh? Yep. And old I'll- Weird Beard. <laughs> And although Secretary of State Mike Pompeo directly blamed Iran Sunday for the destructive attack on Saudi oil facilities, President Trump's reaction has been restrained, saying as soon as we find out definitely, we will let you know what we're going to do. Now, a senior administration official says a statement will be coming out later today. I think I'll have a stronger message or maybe no message at all, the president was saying as of Monday afternoon. I tell you what, as a guy, and and Positive Sean I think will back me up on this, as a guy who enjoys the playing of cards, um, the president uh, feels like he has a monster, and he's just not saying anything. Yeah, He's not jumping up and down. He's uh, he's figured out what he's going to do, and and he's confident. I mean, if you're going to shout and scream and threaten, that's an right. entirely different strategy than, okay, we figure out what's going on. Oh, no, no, I don't have a statement. No, we're fine. Right. We're fine over here. Yeah, I'd say give it about 48 hours. And or, and or 
could be some cyber attack that we don't hear about for a very long time. That's what was something very special we've been keeping in the yeah. back of the fridge. That's what happened yeah. after they brought down our drone. Right. He, he decided not to uh, do anything militarily, and then then we found out what just like last week that there was a major cyber attack. Right. What is being called the first? So does that work as well? If people don't know about it, because a lot of retaliation is. Uh, is uh, well, the, if, the, if, the hmm. feeling it gives people, right? So the government knows of Iran that they got attacked, a, a major cyber attack. Right. They know mm-hmm. within the government, right. some of them, not all of them, and the populace may not know it at all. Well, here's a little International Relations 101. Um, no matter how crappy your regime is, if a foreign power attacks you, people tend to rally to it. This is just a guess. Um, on the other hand, if you have some sort of perhaps devastating, but secret cyber attack, mm-hmm. the knowledge of which just kind of dribbles out Years over time. Later. You, you don't have that rallying to the regime of the, the populace. So you've done them damage, you've right. hurt the regime, um, you've made, uh, you've, you've offered up a punishment. Yeah, but you definitely lose the uh, message it sends to all the other countries in the world that might ever, might ever cross you. Because they don't uh, know what happened. Probably. They don't see the American might and go, holy crap, we're not ever going to do that. Or, or do they? Soon enough. I don't know. Right. They realize, well, we, we like our electric grid on. Well, so this, this is all new. Everybody's yeah. trying to figure out how this works. Right, here, here. What's being called the first official hearing in an impeachment investigation is set to open when the House Judiciary Committee members call the former Trump campaign manager, Corey Lewandowski. He is going to uh, be appearing before them today. He, uh, this is getting surprisingly little coverage. I mean, even when I take in my lefty news, it's just it doesn't feel like it's getting the uh, the, the the wind beneath its wings that perhaps they were hoping for. So I couldn't find uh, our favorite our man Corey uh, that, right. that has disappeared, but I did find this exchange, which is I think will remind people who uh, Corey is. I read today about a 10-year-old uh, girl with Down syndrome who was taken from her mother and put in a cage. Wah, wah. I read about a a they just. <laughs> Did you just want want? So Corey was the want want. Yeah, he was the want want. Right. Yes. Yeah. Oh boy. So that was not a good look. So old Gerald Wadler is going to uh, drag Corey Lewandowski in front of Congress to talk about the the Stormy Daniels flap. Want want. Well, I'll tell you what that that new guy that took over uh, Collins Collins or yeah. Collins. Yeah. The, the the new guy that's in charge for the Republicans. Oh, yeah. He's good. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. one of my new faves. Right. He's a he's a cable news quote machine. Yeah, and uh, so he'll he'll bring it on the other side. It'll be fiery. Entertain yeah. me, fools. He drills down. <laughs> I tell you, hey Shane Gillis, a newly minted uh, cast member for Saturday Night Live, has been fired over what some think are racial and homophobic remarks that he had previously made on his podcast some years back. You know, Gillis. I hate the term homophobic. I really do. It's trying way too hard. He has an irrational fear of homosexuality, or does he say stuff that's insensitive? Come on. You want to call him insensitive? Fine. Gillis was just announced as one of the uh, three new cast members in the uh, sketch series on uh, Thursday. He is now out. And Netflix. If we're going to go through everybody's tweets and texts and podcasts in the future, it's going to be hard to find people working in the um, uh, trying-to-be-shocking-and-funny arena that haven't said something that is going to be damaging. Well, especially, Because everybody's got a podcast and a Twitter feed and everything now. Sure. Especially because if they uh, tiptoed up to the line and it was brilliant, 
in, say, 2014. Well, the line has changed. That's what Michael Chase... And now that's utterly unacceptable. Speaking of Saturday Night Live, that's Michael Chase's joke all the time. He said, and and I'll be in jail someday for something I said last year. Which is a pretty good comment, because that's the way it works now. Right. That's the way the uh, Cultural Revolution worked in China. The rules were changing on on a daily basis, and all of a sudden you were on the wrong side of things. Right. Netflix, it turns out, is picking up Seinfeld, the streaming service saying it has acquired the digital rights for the sitcom starting in 2021. The deal with Sony Pictures is going to give Netflix uh, access to all 180 episodes of the show. This, in addition to the $100 million deal they met uh, made with Jerry Seinfeld not long ago for a couple of stand-up specials yeah. and his uh, uh, ongoing... Yeah, uh, the Comedians in Cars with yeah. Coffee thing. Yeah, yeah. Th- this is just more of the, the content wars upon us. The streaming services are desperate to have enough reasons to get you to subscribe to their, their service every month. I right. feel like uh, Friends has aged better than Seinfeld. That's how you read my mind. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. I watch a Friends episode and it's every bit is good and I want to watch the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Seinfeld always feels so incredibly dated to me. A, a lot of their plot points could be solved with the addition of a cell phone. I think that's a, right. yeah, that's a big <laughs> right. problem, too. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and just the quirkiness of it was a great deal of its appeal and it was innovative and it was great. Well, you know, now we've we've seen that many, many times since. Friends was just classic comedy. Oh, it could have been in the 50s or 10 right. years from now. Right. It's just relationships. Yeah. And also a better version of Seinfeld <laughs> presented itself in the form of Curb Your Enthusiasm. There's nothing that's out Friends right. Friends, right? Mm-hmm. Where Curb is just essentially the, the same general premises of Seinfeld, but now just without commercials and you can swear more. Speaking of yeah. Friends... So I go to the Lego store a couple weeks ago with my kids, and I get there, and it's so busy. And he said, oh, yeah, we had the big release today. And I said, I don't know what the release is. He said, oh, a lot of people, you don't follow this stuff. And I said, no. Uh, He said, a lot of people who are into Legos follow this online, and they know when the big releases are. And the release was a, a, a Lego version of Central Perk with all the characters from Friends. So you built the whole coffee shop and all the characters. Wow. And they released it and it was like it's like 3000 pieces and it cost 90 bucks. Jeez. And uh, and it was all adults, grown-ups that were waiting in line. He said 60 people deep when the wow. door opened at the Lego store to buy this. Wow. He said they sold out immediately. Wow. How interesting. That's it America, interesting, my friends. It? That is America. So they sell out. Do they make more of those, or does it become an instant collector's item? Uh, I and... think they try to keep them scarce to make okay. the, to keep the whole demand thing up. Okay. There's a quick point of disagreement. Big Bang Theory out friends, friends. It's the most brilliant thing ever on TV. Okay, you're saying that just to try to get me mad, and it's not going to work, Joe. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> but the second part is incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that should... <laughs> My God, my foot. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Oh, oh that hurt him oh. deep. If you had if you had banged your razor on the cement and left it in a rain barrel overnight, you right. couldn't have cut him as deeply. Yeah. Right? Remember the same... straight race, you'd bang him on the curb. <laughs> Don't mess with me, man. I'm like Corn Pop. I'm a bad dude. <laughs> And Corn Pop was a bad dude. Yes, so I've heard. Armstrong and Getty.
Sanders said that they'll release their medical records in the next few months. <laughs> Biden needs to get his chart from his doctor, while Bernie needs to find the stone tablets in his basement. Hey, now. He's old, you see. Those candidates are old. Mm. Um, Cory Booker, the other night, Senator, on the debate stage. Spartacus. Um, uh, Used a phrase that is, uh, or a, or an or an angle that is part of a growing view on college campuses, and it's growing in America. And I'm not sure everybody picked up on it, and I just did because of something I've been reading and watching lately. So that in a second. Before that, I, and this was driven by the debate the other night. I am going to buy an AR-15. Oh, really? I want to own an AR-15. Hmm. And uh, I'm finding out that in the state I live in, that is really difficult to do. Not only have they tried to make it difficult to do because the AR-15 is seen as the boogeyman of everything that's wrong with uh, shootings in America, but um, the laws are so complicated and crazy that gun store owners and the police don't know what is what. Oh boy! So it's really hard to nail down. Oh boy! Because I, I I I've been talking to a variety of friends of mine, including one who's just super into this sort of stuff. And he said, "You go to different, you go to five different gun stores, and you'll get five different opinions. And a lot of police have no idea. It's just don't do anything wrong with it. Just keep keep it away from me." I and one of the things that made me think of this one Beto, of course, who's talking about gun confiscation in a desperate attempt to stay relevant on any level. Two, the regular argument made by a number of people on stage, and you hear this all the time. I talked about this on Friday when you weren't here. When they talk about these these weapons were designed for killing people. You, they have bullets that are made to shred people on the inside. Yes, that's why I own guns to kill people. That's the only reason I own guns. I'm not a hunter. The only reason I have guns is to kill people. And I bought the particular ammo I bought to do the most damage to humans when I shoot them. Yep. I don't think I'm ever going to... Ha- I think the chance I'm ever going to shoot anybody is so close to zero, you could call it zero. But if I ever have to, I want to have a gun and be able to do it. That's why I own a gun. That's why most people own guns. This narrative of, you don't need that to hunt, I'm not a hunter. That's not why I own a gun. That's not why most of these people are going out and buying guns. It's to shoot somebody if they ever have to. Right. And I believe, I actually believe that there's a decent chance of societal unrest like of, that's never happened in my lifetime happening in my lifetime. Mm. And I would like to have a serious weapon if I ever need it. It'll be in my safe all the time. I'll probably take it to the gun range a couple of times to make sure I know how to use it, and then it'll sit in my safe for the rest of my life and never get used. Almost certainly. But right. I'd like to have it yeah. if the S ever hits the fan. There is growing lawlessness, no doubt. And people will point out that crime rates are actually down from other historical periods. And that's true. That's true. On the other hand, the trend is in favor of the policies that led us toward the high crime, uh, you know, situation. Whether it's letting people out of jail that are criminals. Right. Yep. Um, uh, you know, uh, feeling like whoever disagrees with you deserves to be beaten. Yeah. Um, all that stuff worries me. And just, and, and like I said, I think the chance of me ever needing something like that is, is so close to zero, you could call it zero. But I'm still going to buy one. You know, I think the, the, uh, Cory Booker thing combined with that would lead to something I wanted to talk about, but why don't you do the Cory Booker thing? We'll see if there's time. Okay. That's a different topic. So the debate is got it? me thinking about that with the gun confiscation and, and all that sort of stuff. The Cory Booker thing, so I uh, I was watching this video the other day, and we should link it to our website. Man, it is long and thick, if you like long and thick, uh, pardon the expression. Um, wow. 
it uh, cringeworthy. The the Trojan Horse is the name of the uh, the video. It's an hour and a half long. Then there's a Trojan Horse Part Two that is also an hour and a half. So wow. We got three hours to to dedicate this. Deconstructing communities with Peter Bogajian oh. and James Lindsay. Yeah, those are the guys from the fake academic uh, social science papers. And uh, they're so funny. And they, another guy, are are talking about what's happening on college campuses and in the world of uh, what's politically correct and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. This thing is so good and so frightening. They're the ones that are talking about how in academia right now there's a real push toward discounting any research that was done by a white male. Correct. For instance, which, of course, is, you know, going to lead to the end of the Enlightenment and that we're going to leave out all kinds of knowledge that we could have is we only accept knowledge from certain people if you're the chosen groups. Yeah. Yeah. Don't never, ever trust white. Science is conditional on what group you're in. In their world, yeah, it, it's it's crazy it's stuff. It's terrifying, man. In, in the video, it's just oh, it it's it's wild. It'll open your eyes to a whole bunch of things, and it opened my eyes to this. They actually feel it's sort of a religion. Now, a couple of these dudes, and I don't know which ones are which, are they're atheists, so they they don't mind making this comparison, saying that a lot of this um, view of the world is like a religion in that it requires no proof. You just need to have faith in it, right? And part of that is the faith that. There is racism everywhere in everything. Our economic system, our banking system, our all our laws, everything is shot through with racism. Our microbiology. All of it. Our physics. And they liken that to having faith in a god that you can't prove exists there cuz there's you know, I look around and I don't see I don't see a racism everywhere. Well, it's there and you just need to trust it's there and if you do not believe it's there there's something wrong with you. You're a racist. Which is Sort of the sort of thing that certain churches said like 500 years ago. Right. And you would be tortured for the fact that you say you don't believe it because you can't see it. Right. Um, and, and I think that's an interesting angle. But Cory Booker actually made the statement, and this is common in that crowd. This is like their mantra. Racism is everywhere. The question is not, is, is this a racist country and is racism everywhere? The question is, what are you going to do about it? And that phrase was a tip to that whole crowd that I'm on board with that philosophy. Mm. Racism is just inherent to, uh, most people say to white people, uh, particularly like it's not inherent to other races, racism. All over and, the globe through ev- all of history. And every bit of our country, all of it, every every institution, learning, banking, everything is, is full of racism. Mm-hmm. And it's just accepted. And if you deny that, there's something wrong with you. The question is, what are you going to do about it? Right. And he actually said that on the debate stage, and I thought that is a wink and a nod to that crowd. Yeah. That well, I'm on board with that religion. Bateau unleashed a heck of a one, too, in, in which he quoted, he practically plagiarized the opening from that 1619 project in the New York Times which we talked about a great deal with Tim Sandifer, among others. Um, Beto quoted extensively from that in talking about how this country was founded on racism. It's it's fundamental to this country and the rest of it. Of course, Biden was asked about racism and talked about record players in Venezuela. Right. In a highly persuasive verbal essay of words that were strung together. Yeah. Yeah. There are some days I think, okay, when I talk to college kids, they say, you know, there aren't that many people who are that hardcore, but they have the rest of us bullied into silence. We just don't need the headache of standing up against them. And on those days, I think, okay, you know, this will flame out. There have been a lot of stupid ideologies through history that come and go. On the other hand, if they have that sort of religious vehemence and are willing to hurt people, 
um, and cow people into silence, you know, that's a dangerous thing. You don't want to assume that's going to go away. It's on a big its own. enough deal that presidential candidates are talking about it on the, on the debate stage. Yeah. You know what? That's a good and point. Signaling to that crowd. That's a really good point. Those people are insane. They, they believe in a racism so savage and all pervasive, ironically enough, it'd make a Nazi blush. Um, but they they claim they're the anti-fascists. Well, it's an interesting time to be alive, I'll tell you that. I'll have Hanson work on linking that video if you want a long, thick re- uh, listen. It's yes, really please. interesting. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com slash iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling.